You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Welcome to the How to Win podcast. Uh, My name is LP, like Paul, and I will be standing in for our great pastor, Pastor Michael D. Moore. And uh, I am very excited about today's lesson, and I hope uh, you get blessed. Um, Pastor Mike has been teaching uh, very, 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 very powerful, powerful, powerful uh, podcast um, talking about the issue of racism. Um, if you have not already done so, please uh, go on Amazon and order the book Muted Voice by Pastor Michael D. Moore. It's really, really going to bless you. Um, you're, uh, you're also able to get a workbook uh, that comes with it. But uh, like I said, go to Amazon, order the book Muted Voice by Pastor Michael D. Moore, and uh, it's really, really going to bless you uh, talking about uh, the issue of racism in the church. And um, it is a very powerful, powerful, uh, the information in that book is so powerful, it's definitely going to help assist you uh, to be able to deal with this issue that we've been dealing with. Um, So with the message that I'm going to teach uh, today, I'm talking about, I'm the the subject is, it's, it's called, um, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, unconventional methods to birth change, okay? Unconventional methods to birth change. So let's look at our terms, uh, unconventional, unconventional, uh, not based on or conforming to what is generally done or believed, not based on or conforming to what is generally done or believed. Much of what we have generally done in the past has not been good. It's not, it, it has not been effective. Um, what we've believed in the past uh, has not been effective. And I'm talking about in the body of Christ because of the different issues that we face today, the things that we are experiencing, um, a lot of what we've done and a lot of what we've believed, um, you know, um, there's there's a lot of things that we believe that just have not been right, has not been the truth, and we've been believing those things. Um, and so a lot of the things that we've done has been done based off of uh, the unfortunate belief systems that we have. And as a result, it has not worked. Um, what is generally being done is not working. What we've generally believed has not been working. Pastor Mike taught us years ago uh, about change, and he talked about uh, the rocking chair of death. And and, and he explained how, uh, like a rocking chair, you know, you get in a rocking chair and you're going back and forth. You got activity going, but you're not going anywhere. Unfortunately, what we've been doing in the church, a lot of a lot of the things that we've been doing in the church, we've been doing activity. But we haven't gotten anywhere because there's a lot of change that has to be implemented. And the change that we're talking about is the issues that we face. They must be addressed and we must have corresponding action. This is unconventional because we've simply danced around a few issues. We made a little noise 
and we allow the distractions of the media to stifle corresponding actions. Now, if you could recall uh, years ago, um, around 2006, 2007, um, there was a rise and people were discussing a lot of the issues and the challenges uh, that we're dealing with, you know, pertaining to the issue of racism. There was there was things being talked about and, and people were you know, getting involved and wanting to talk about things and and say things and address things and all of that. Unfortunately, a lot of the corresponding actions that we should have taken were not taken. Um, We were, in 2008, we elected our first black president, you know, and a lot of people was like, hey, racism is over. We have a black president. And a lot of the issues that people were complaining about, it's like, hey, all that's over. Because at the end of the day, we have equality now. You know, we have a black president in the highest office, you know. And so a lot of the things that we were talking about, we stopped talking about them. A lot of the issues and challenges that we were addressing, we stopped addressing them. Because at the end of the day, we have a black president. And so this is what took place, and as a result, a lot of corresponding actions never happened. Um, It will indeed take unconventional methods to birth the change that we're looking for, and some of the methods that we have been seeing lately have, we have to continue on with these things. People are addressing it in the media. People are addressing it, and Pastor Mike has been addressing it for years, but he's definitely uh, uh, honed in on it and, 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 and really, really begin to address it in a very, very unconventional way in which we've, a lot of times, we have not seen in the pulpit. But as a result, we've been able to get the information, the necessary information that we need so that we can effectively address it and effectively deal with it with our co-workers, with our peers, with our family members. And so, uh, as I said earlier with the book Muted Voice, please, please go on Amazon and order Pastor Mike Moore's book, Muted Voice, so that you can get the necessary information that you need so that we can get these corresponding actions so that we can see the change that we need to see. I want to deal with a passage in scripture um, where we we had some 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 serious challenges going on, but there were some unconventional methods that took place and, and was able to uh, bring change in the midst of a very, very unfortunate uh, environment uh, based off of some things that was being done. And, and it's over here in uh in the book of Acts, uh, I can uh, recall when Christ was preached in Samaria. Um, it talks about how, therefore, um, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now, in the city of Samaria, uh, there's someone um, who was in archaeology, according to Ron E. Tappy, a professor of Bible and archaeology. He says Samaria seemed to have maintained a kind of controlled uh, syncretism, adopting elements of a variety of religious beliefs and practices. 
So there was a variety of different beliefs and practices in which the way uh, or the faith in Christ or the kingdom of God had not been preached there. Right. And so look what it says. Verse six, it says, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Now, we were in a place where all kind of different religious ideologies were being preached and things of that nature, but Philip came and he preached the kingdom of God and he began to preach Jesus. And there were signs and miracles and wonders that took place as a result of what Philip had brought to these people. Now, LP, you, you probably asking LP, what do this have to do with the issue at hand? A lot of the issues that we're facing with the issues of racism and uh, 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 the, uh, not wanting to see other people as being equal and things of that nature, that is a sickness. I believe without a shadow of a doubt, that is a sickness, that is a way of thinking that have taken place, that have altered the minds of people. And a lot of people are experiencing a sickness. I believe that uh, racism and, 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 and wanting to hinder other people, groups and things of that nature. I believe that that is a sickness. That is a problem that has to be dealt with. And I strongly believe without a shadow of a doubt that when the gospel of the kingdom is effectively preached and we're able to see the signs and wonders and miracles, people can be delivered because I've seen people delivered from this. I've had encounters with people who have been delivered from this. Um, in one particular uh, area, I got the opportunity to um, uh, minister, and it was a, a youth pastor who he appreciated my because with me having the opportunity to hear Pastor Mike teach information like this, I've been able to go into other environments and share this type of information. And um, some people appreciate it, <laughs> well, some people don't appreciate it. But this particular youth minister saw me share this information. He appreciated it. And he asked me, he actually went to another church. He became uh, a youth minister at another church in another city. And he contacted me and he asked me to come out and perform at this particular church. Now, usually whenever I go and perform at predominantly white churches, you know, when the kids see me pull up, you know, they, oh, the rapper's here and they get excited and they like, wow, the rapper is here. But this particular church, whenever I pulled up, you know, people kind of saw me and it's like they didn't see me. I got out of the vehicle. I had all of my my uh, my luggage, which had, you know, my CDs and my posters and, you know, things of that nature that I would uh, have for after the event. Nobody rushed to help me. <laughs> you know, I, I walked into the church and it's like people saw me, but they didn't see me. And I, the youth pastor saw me. He walked up to me. He's like, LP, glad to have you here, man. Look, we're getting ready to eat. You know, come on into the cafeteria. I went into the little cafeteria area and it's like, it's like the kids look, they saw me and they turned their head right back. <laughs> and it's like, you remember on the movie um, Forrest Gump, you remember Forrest Gump got on the bus 
like when I got my pizza and I was heading to go sit down, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of like the experience, you know, the kids with seats taken, you know, <laughs> that's kind of like what I was experiencing. And this blew me away because I've never experienced this before. So anyway, man, I sat down and I'm like, I'm trying to break the ice. I'm trying to talk to the children. The children giving me yes, no, no, yes, that's it. So anyway, man, I got finished eating my pizza and I, you know, went to the youth pass. He was like, we're going to go ahead and get started. So we get in there in the setting. I'm talking about this is a huge church, big church, big event. So there's like 200 kids in there. And I can remember, uh, and there's like 50 parents in the back. And so um, I can remember the, uh, the youth pastor introduced me. He's like, y'all give it up for LP. Nobody moved. Nobody said anything. So I got up and I start introducing myself and, you know, I go ahead and do the first song. Not one kid moved. It was time for me to do the second song. I introduced the second song. This is this this is blowing my mind because, like I said, usually whenever I go to predominantly white churches and, you know, the kids are excited to see rappers and stuff like that. You know, so this is new to me. So I'm asking Holy Spirit to help me at this point because I'm I'm concerned. So as I'm sitting there. And I'm thinking to myself, these children are not moving. They're not saying anything. They're not responding to what I'm, my performance. Help me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit told me, tell your testimony. So I transitioned and I immediately jumped into my testimony. And I let them know. I'm like, hey, look, man, I'm here because I care about you. I care about children. I care about people. And I begin to ex express and share what I've gone through, my testimony. I'm talking about and I gave the long version of my testimony because I wanted them to know that I'm serious about what I do. And I can remember how after I shared my testimony, after I shared my story, I kind of, you know, the, the look that was, it was like a stone faced look. It turned into like a like a concerned look, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm but I let them know that the Lord healed me, the Lord delivered me, the Lord brought me to a place of of of, of healing and wholeness and blase blase. And I let them know, hey, look, I'm going, I'm about to do these next songs. And whoever's gonna rock with me, that's who's gonna rock with me. Whoever not gonna rock with me, that's who's not gonna rock with me. And that's just how it is. And let's go. DJ drop my next song. And then one of the little girls jumped up. Woo! Little boy jumped up. Woo! like ran to the front and so I was like let's go he dropped the track I started performing they was up there rocking with me and then a couple of other kids they begin to come up and as the time you know they before you know before I knew it all the children had gotten up and they had came up and immediately I be at, as I toward the end of my performance I began to share my heart for people and I began to deal with this issue of prejudice and racism and things of that nature. I talked about this stuff. And I can remember at the end of the event, I can remember um, the parents came up to me and some of them walked up to me and told me, they said, we needed to hear that. We needed to hear that. Thank you. And they, they, they expressed their appreciation and everything. So anyway, you know, man, I can remember, you know, uh, after that, man, I, I experienced several other issues, you know, that I could talk about this on and on and on. But I'm just saying, a lot of people just simply need to see something. And what opened them up was because I, whether you know it or not, your story and your testimony is a miracle. Your story and your testimony is a sign. It's a wonder because a lot of people that went through what you went through, they didn't make it.
A lot of the people that went through what they went that went through what you went through, they did not make it on the other side. But you made it. That's a sign. That's a wonder. Some of you supposed to be locked up right now. Some of you supposed to still be locked up right now. Some of you supposed to have extreme mental health issues. Now you only got a couple of them. Now I'm just playing. But, but God have taken you far and have blessed you and have overwhelmed, overwhelmingly taken you to another level. People need to know you. They need to see you. And at that point, they'll be able to see the value that's on your life. They'll get past the color of your skin and see that value. Once they see that value, they're going to say, we need you. <laughs> they won't have time. <laughs> they won't have time to be prejudiced towards you because they're going to say, we need you. Real talk. And so the same way these people in Samaria, they were opened up whenever they seen, when they seen these signs and these wonders, look at how, look at what happened. In verse 11, it says, it says, uh, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was some great, someone great, whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. So this, these sorceries that was going for from this man, he had been doing it for a long time. And a lot of people were opened up to it. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So when the people saw Simon the sorcerer and he had gotten everybody by his signs and his wonders what he was doing, Philip came along and preached the gospel of the kingdom and he preached Jesus Christ. And then the real signs and wonders took place. See, everybody was amazed by the sorceries. You know what I'm saying? These were the dark arts and forbidden knowledge and forbidden wisdom and things of that nature that was causing all type of things to happen, supernatural things. See, people are moved by the supernatural. And if they don't know any better, they think that the supernatural that they're seeing is of God. But in this situation, this supernatural, what the people saw, it wasn't of God. But when they saw the real deal, everybody say the real deal. Even the guy who was performing those signs and wonders, he wanted to rock with. He, he said, Philip, I want to rock with you. <laughs> everybody else getting baptized and converting to what you talking about. I want to also. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So the point that I'm making out of this is that. This stuff that's out here that has been entangling people and got people's mind all messed up with, you know, the prejudice and the racism and things of that nature. Whenever they begin to see those of us who are a miracle, you are a miracle, who are a sign, you are a sign, who are a wonder. 
I believe without a shadow of a doubt that the hearts of people will change. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it with my own ears. This is real talk. So this is the reason why it is very important for us to get the information that's going forth. Study the information. Apply the information. And then you begin to do the work that God has assigned you to do. And as you begin to do the work that God has assigned you to do, and you begin to share your testimony and share your story, they will understand and see there's a lot that we have in common. Even though our skin color is different, there's a lot that we have in common. And if your God has delivered you, I know that that same God will deliver me. We have to take the information that we're hearing and we have to study the information and not use the information as a baseball bat and going upside people's head. The purpose of you getting the information that you're getting is so that you can have an understanding. Once you have an understanding, now you can communicate the information not in an aggressive and hateful manner. You can communicate the information to educate people. See, this is our responsibility. We have a responsibility as those who carry the gospel, as those who are followers of the way, those who are believers in Jesus Christ and him being crucified. It is our responsibility to be the light of the world. We have to be the example and we have to champion this issue and deal with this issue effectively and allow the signs and wonders that's on our lives to be the confirmation that God is with us. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to uh, talk about a, a situation that happened uh, back in the 1700s, um, which was very, very, it was showing um, these unconventional methods being applied to bring about change, right? Look, look what it says. Back in uh, uh, the yellow fever epidemic in Philadelphia, this was back in 1793, 5,000 people died as a result of this yellow fever epidemic. In the midst of the epidemic, the political figures abandoned the people and left the city of Philadelphia. Wow. So th th there's an epidemic going on, and the political figures, they didn't straight left the city. <laughs> That's the political figures left the people. People out there dying of political figures who's supposed to be, you know, standing on behalf of the people and giving, you know what I'm saying, doing what need to be done. Them folks, <laughs> them folks left. The folks left. That's crazy. Now watch this. In the midst of that, the ministers of the gospel. Now, hold on. I, I, I forgot to mention this. The people who were being affected and were dying from yellow fever, they were white people. Right? But watch this. The black ministers of the gospel, two in particular, Richard Allen and Absalom Jones. I want you to research those two. Richard Allen and Absalom Jones, they stuck around. And they stuck around to care for the sick and dying people of Philadelphia. Mm. 
Now, let me tell you how key that is. Let me tell you how key that is because this happened shortly after Richard Allen and Absalom Jones had just walked out of church because they had been asked to get off of their knees praying because they were in the front of the church with other white believers. Wow. They went to Absalom Jones, who was the older black ministry leader, and told him to get up and go to the back of the church. They were physically like, you need to get up. Richard Allen watched and said within himself that if the white believers did not speak up and tell them to leave him alone, they would walk out collectively. They never spoke up, so they got up and collectively walked out. Mm. Now, so you have to understand the Methodist church during that time in Philadelphia, you know, it was it was normal to see blacks and whites in the church together. At that time, it was normal in Philadelphia. They were having church together. It was even normal to see a slave preaching to the congregation. It was normal to see that. Um, Richard Allen's message caused change and membership in that church in Philadelphia began to grow. But as the church began to grow, the idea of segregation was being promoted, saying that blacks should be separated and placed in the back of the church. Wow. Now, some of you may be asking, why is there so much division in religion if we're all serving the same God or reading the same Bible? That's a good question. That is a good question. Now, when you look at Absalom, when you look at what they did in the midst of that, they, they decided we're going to walk out and we're just going to go do our own thing. And right after that, yellow fever broke out. As yellow fever broke out, the political figures decided to leave. But the ministers of the gospel, the black ministers of the gospel, they made a decision to do the word. Everybody say do the word. They made a decision to do the word. And as they begin to do the word, you know, the scriptures say, bless them that curse you. Do good for them that despitefully misuse you. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In the midst of this yellow fever epidemic, they said, we can take the initiative and we're going to be a blessing. All these politicians, they leaving, but we're going to be a blessing. We're going to care for the people. As the people were sickly, the people were dying. They were caring for the people. Now watch this. As a result of that, what they did, whenever the epidemic was over, they came to those guys and was like, look, man, we appreciate what y'all did. Even though somebody tried to sabotage it, but, you know, if God be for us, who could be against us? It, they was like, hey, man, we appreciate what y'all did. We're grateful for what y'all did. What we're going to do, we're going to give you your own. Uh, we're going to give you your own. That's how the African, Meth African Methodist Episcopal denomination was formed. They gave them their own denomination. And that's how. And as a result of that denomination being formed, this is what birthed a lot of our HBCUs. 
You see what I'm saying? They came from out of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And so education and things of that nature among people who went in which education was forbidden was able was result was a result as a result of that. And so this is this is unconventional, unconventional, unconventional wisdom that took place. And as a result, change happened. I want to talk about the, the, the issue because, like I said, people may be asking, why is there so much division in religion if we're all serving the same God and reading the same Bible? Listen to this. My response to that is the same way the country is divided by party affiliation. Gangs are, are, are separated by their gang affiliations. And unfortunately, churches are separated by denominations, etc. Uh, these entities are all developed, ran, and controlled by man. And man is flawed, has pride, and always looks for reasons to divide, as opposed to seeking ways to come together. Much of this is due to selfish motives and a desire to preserve self-interests. Mmm. Ooh. A desire to preserve self-interests. Now, if we look at the Acts Church, the scripture says that they had all things in common. They had all things in common. And they chose to fellowship, and they brought all of their resources, and they laid it at the apostles' feet. Ugh. Are we ready to be the church? Are we ready to be the church or are we just talking? Come on, let's, let's be honest. Are we ready to be the church or are we just talking? See, as a result of this situation, what we've been seeing, a lot of people have revealed themselves. A lot of people who, who, who love the Lord have revealed themselves. And they've revealed themselves that their focus is their own self-interests. When do we come to a place in the body of Christ where it's about the body of Christ? Mm. Help us, help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Philippians 2, verse 3 through 4 tells us, do nothing. Everybody say nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Oh, my God. Come on. Help us, Holy Spirit. Mm, mm, mm. It said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Mm, mm, mm. All of these elements of looking for a reason to divide as opposed to seeking opportunities to unify or as the Bible call, they are as the Bible calls a work 
of the flesh. Everybody say it. A work of the flesh. Everybody say it. A work of the flesh. And God is not pleased with it. Hmm. Wow. The scripture tells us, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Wow. Did you see that? The works of the flesh? That is what we are seeing. And that is what have caused the challenges that we're seeing and experiencing in the church. Help us, Holy Spirit. And so he named these things and he said that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, think about that. Think about that. Folks will get up and they'll preach on fornication and how that's a sin and you're going to hell. (laughs) People will get up and talk about adultery. And if you're sinning in adultery, you're going to hell. And folks will get on you about all those outward things that, you, you know, that's done on the outward. But that stuff that's on the inside. You heard those things that were named, that stuff that's on the inside? Talking about idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. We've been seeing a lot of that during this time. We've been seeing a lot of that, and it's been coming from people who love Jesus. He said that, those who practice such things, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, now, immediately when you hear that, you know, people, you know, think about, you know, you know, people, you know, you ain't inheriting the kingdom of God. You ain't going to heaven. That's not what that's talking about. The kingdom of God is the government of God. The kingdom of God is God's will being done on earth the same way it is in heaven. That's God's desire for his church to manifest the kingdom. To inherit. Jesus said, it's my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so as a result of the things, the hatred and the envies and the jealousies and the outbursts of wrath and all of the stuff that we've been seeing from believers. The scripture says you will not inherit the kingdom. And so as a result of people not functioning according to the kingdom. We see all of the hateful things that we're seeing and we see all the division that we're seeing and we see all this stuff because they are not functioning according to the kingdom. Help us, Holy Spirit. Mm. I want to focus on uh, uh, seditions and dissensions. It's also translated in the Greek word, de 
Chastasia, the Chastasia, which literally means standing apart. Romans 16, verse 17, and 1 Corinthians 3, 3 translate the word as divisions. It is the opposite, of course, of standing together or being together. Mm. It is used several times in the New Testament, and it clearly implies separation and division. God is not pleased with this mentality. So much so that it is lumped together with adultery, fornication, idolatry, and even murder. So these issues that I'm talking about that I'm, that I'm discussing, like I said, it's been lumped together with fornication, adultery, idolatry, and murder. So you got to know that God has a problem with these issues that we're speaking of. And look what it says. And the text concludes that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom. Mm, mm, mm. So I just want to encourage everyone, everyone, everyone to understand that these issues that we're seeing and that we're experiencing, this stuff, God has a problem with it. And we have a responsibility to address it. As Pastor Mike has, has, has been telling us, uh, we have to talk about these things as, as, as believers. And, and, and whenever we talk about it as black ministers, it, 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 a lot of times it could be received as, ah, uh, you know, they're complaining again. Uh, they, you know, those people are always complaining, you know, things of that nature. This is why we need for our white brothers and sisters to discuss these things. We need you to talk about these things. This stuff has to come across the pulpit. And I know there's a fear that if I talk about these things, then I'm going to lose my members. If I talk about these things and that can impact me, people, people believe that if they talk about it, that's going to impact them financially. That's why there is a fear. But God said, he told you, the scripture told you, don't worry about your life. This is Matthew chapter six. He said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. He said, look at the birds. You, you think they worried about that? Look at the flowers. You think they worried about that? He said, the pagans go after these things. Ooh, are we functioning like pagans? Come on, come on. We can't function like that. No, the pagans, they, they go after it. The, they worried about that stuff. Jesus told us, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, they'll be added to you. You have to understand and know that God is for you and God is with you. Fear not. Fear not. Again, I want to reiterate, Pastor Mike has this powerful book, this powerful teaching in the book called Muted Voice. Please go to Amazon and order this book, and it's going to give you step-by-step -step information that you can be able to talk about these issues and discuss these issues in a productive manner, in a productive manner.
It is very important that we do this. And once we do this, we can find these unconventional methods that we will be able to bring about change. Amen. Amen. Um, we got any questions uh, that, uh, okay, uh, we, we don't have any questions to address. Uh, so um, I just want to say thank you to everyone um, who tuned in. Um, I appreciate you so very much. Um, I thank God uh, for the opportunity. Thank you, Pastor Michael D. Moore, for the opportunity to share uh, again. And um, I am very grateful and I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and I'll see you later. God bless you.